0: Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name is Tommy Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid by the editor in chief of GSFN, Kieran Quill, for episode number 10 of this series. 10 episodes already, Kieran. Mm-hmm. How are we going to celebrate it?
1: Well, it's almost Christmas, but I'm not sure if we'll be celebrating much football over Christmas. There's still so much to play for um, Champions League, La Liga, we're going to have some Copa del Rey as well. So, yeah, that. uh, pl- plenty to look forward to. And. Yeah, it's, it's all good.
0: I was thinking more about our, our personal situation, because we used to, way back in the day when we started doing podcasts together, we would occasionally have the odd beer, but we've switched to coffee and we haven't had a beer for a long time. Yeah. Maybe episode 20 we can get a wee straight Galicia. Yeah,
1: something. something like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind. At the moment, we're, we're recording quite early, <laughs> so the, the, the coffees are, are fine for now, <laughs> um, especially on a, on a coldish winter morning in Madrid, but the sun's splitting the stones here, which... There's not too much to complain about, really. It's no, nice. It's nice.
0: Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I think I think we'll stick with the golf for the moment. So we need to start recording later and get uh, get the beers in. Well, one team who have not been doing much celebrating of late is Real Madrid. Uh, they go into this weekend's game at Sevilla on the back of two pretty big upsets: two-one uh, loss at home to to Alaves at the weekend, and then another another pretty bad defeat again in the Champions League away to Shakhtar. Um, and that meant that they finished the month of November without a single win in La Liga that is which is just unbelievable isn't it
1: yeah it's, it is strange to see a Real Madrid team going through such a tough spell I suppose especially under Zinedine Zidane who we all praise heavily um, quite regularly over the last couple of years and, and he deserved that praise but I think a lot of this has probably been expected as well. Because ever since Cristiano left in, in 2018, um, everybody's been looking to Kareem Benzeman. There's been serious pressure on him to perform and he, and he has done it. He's done a remarkable job. But I think eventually, um, age is going to catch up with him. He's not going to be able to keep that consistency. He's going to pick up injuries like he has recently. And then they're not going to know where to turn for goals. Uh, there's a lot of youth in that attacking line that play alongside Benzema the likes of Asensio Vinicius Jr Rodrigo uh, but they're just not at that level of Benzema or even where Benzema was when Cristiano was there Um, Asensio doesn't have a goal or even an assist this season and he's 24 people will say oh he was out for a long time with an injury but he's been back since the end of last season and he he hasn't played he hasn't played well Zidane persists with him Zidane really likes him Mm. he's a fan of him Playing in that kind of um, right right side of the forward line, but just hasn't produced. Uh, Vinicius is that bit younger, so you can't really expect him to be producing every week. He's still um, he's still kind of developing as a player. Same with Rodrigo; he's only nineteen. So I think yeah, um, we're still in like the kind of post Ronaldo era, yeah. um, where they're looking for people to come through, and then obviously Hazard another injury nightmare limped off against Alaves at the weekend. And he's going to miss the Madrid derby on the twelfth of December, and be out for another twenty days. So, like, there's there's a, lo- a lot of luck, bad luck, sorry, I should say, behind uh, their their poor form recently as well. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it was largely
0: a question of luck. I think they were unlucky not to score in the first half against Shakhtar mm. the other
1: night.
0: I thought they had a. Fairly decent first half, and to to go in at half time 0-0 you would have been confident that they, they would have gone out. They also, Varane managed to injure Shakhtar's top scorer as well at the end of the first half. Um, Junior Moraes mm-hmm. managed to managed to injure him, so you you'd, you'd have fancied that Madrid to take all three points, here, but it just didn't work out. And now it's really not looking good for them in the in the group because they're third at the moment. They're they're ahead of Inter, but it's not strictly in their hands. Because they they have to win and hope that Shakhtar don't win, and this is like a it's it's uh, it's crazy to see Real Madrid in in this position. Yeah. Um, the Spanish press on Wednesday morning were pretty vicious. We've got a selection of uh, of headlines here. Marca gone with uh, d- describing the game against Borussia Dortmund coming up as Zidane's final. Quite ironic because Zidane's always talking about uh, finals and games <laughs> being finals. They've qualified this as, as his final, and they're they're very much setting up the departure of Zidane in the event of them losing that game. Uh, Sport have gone with Zidane's ultimatum, and they've mentioned that Pochettino and Raul are favourites to replace him. I, again, I don't know where that comes from, but that's that's what they've run uh, they've ran with uh, Mundo Deportivo. Zidane in danger. Fairly self-explanatory there. And my personal favourite, Diario As big yellow letters on the, on, the front of the, on the front cover of the newspaper countdown uh, and echoing Marco by saying that the next game against Gladbach will decide his future are they blowing this out of proportion a little bit uh, all, all the, the media basically setting this up as a final is like a, almost like a referendum
1: on Zidane yeah I don't know like when, when Real Madrid lose one match it doesn't have to be a tough month or two months if they lose one match generally there's a crisis here in in Spain, and this this is definitely no different. But again, we were speaking about luck, and Sergio Ramos has also been injured recently. And in in nine Champions League games without Ramos, they've lost seven of them. So basically, when you take out key figures like Ramos and Benzema, the team just isn't able to cope. Yeah, and um, because there's a lot of players there who are in their thirties, likes of Marcelo, and. Um, Players getting older, and they're just not where they once were. They're, they're, they're not where they were when they were winning back-to-back Champions Leagues, three Champions Leagues in a row. Um, you know, so there's there's definitely a transition ahead, but Reimsley don't have the money. <clears throat> Excuse me, they don't have the money to start that transition just yet. So they're they're using their, their more experienced players and they're trying to bed in young players. So at the moment there's just um, not a lot of cohesion But we forget that six months ago This is a team that won the league And they, they went unbeaten in their last 11 league games But all of a sudden it just seems like it's starting to collapse um, Around Zidane
0: but It just looked like a well-oiled machine at the end of last season It just looked like they, you went into every game And we said it multiple times it just You would never fancied them losing And it wasn't just in that last run in post-Covid it was, it was probably going back to November, December. You fancied them going into a lot of games. Yeah, but Imagine. that's the confidence
1: that Ramos will give you. Yeah. And Courtois having Ramos in front of him is a more confident goalkeeper. Mm. Carvajal has been out injured. Mendy has been brilliant since moving in. But because there's so many games with the, the different schedule because of COVID, Marcelo's been in and out of the team. Mendy hasn't really had a regular run And when Marcelo has played They've suffered They've been They've been attacked Down that right side And he's just not able To cope anymore uh, The way he once was So Yeah like next week They will be able to qualify If they beat Borussia Gladbach. But there are no Pushovers No Um, They'll also be able to qualify If they get a draw As long as Shakhtar Lose against Inter because Madrid would finish level on, on eight points with Inter but they have a better head-to-head advantage yeah. over over Conte's team so they'd, they'd get through to the last 16 but they haven't played in the UEFA Cup or we now call it the Europa League since the 1994 1995 season so if they were to play in the Europa League it would be a massive upset for yeah. for like the European you know one of the biggest clubs in Europe and the 13-time European champions I think it's too early to sack Zidane he came out after the game against Shakhtar and said I won't resign Yeah. so he's not going to leave like he previously did when he went out on top that time having won three Champions Leagues you know like no manager in the history of football has won three Champions Leagues in a row mm-hmm. so he has you know he's, he's done his work and he's in this kind of second spell where there's not really that much pressure because he'll always look back on that success yeah that's it Yeah, it's kind of, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky situation Like I think he'll always be a legend as a player and as a coach but he's got he's got a lot of negotiating power there as well mm. he, Dan? Like he's got a lot of pull because of what he's achieved
0: and he's got a president that's shown complete confidence in him for the last 20 years as a mm. player and, and a manager Perez yeah. is a big fan I think he's him himself and the board views it as the perfect guy to steer them through, yeah. uh, whatever's coming in the next year. It's not an easy time. There are lots of things going on behind the scenes in terms of expenses. Yeah. Who, if there was a new manager to come in, he would have to deal with uh, constant calls for big money signings, yeah. constant pressure, and if it's somebody like Pochettino if somebody uh, who hasn't been in that position before it would take some time to adapt to that
1: and they can't guarantee a new project because yeah. there's no funds to to finance that again yeah you know so there's no point in Pochettino coming in when he'll want to rebuild because he's looking at that existing team and he's seen players in their 30s and he's, he's going to look to put his own stamp on the team but there's no finance to be able to build that project so that doesn't make any sense the board of directors had a meeting on Wednesday this week yeah. basically saying that I don't know a couple of close sources from the club came out and told the media here in spain in madrid that zidane's not on the agenda they're basically looking Mm -hmm. at like um recovering uh lost revenue and basically like building on on for the next season basically like setting the budget for next season and, and trying to kind of balance the books again after losing 300 million because of COVID because yeah. they're, they're, they're losing millions week on week with no fans going to the Bernabeu yeah. and merchandise and everything that goes with that so it's not I think the, the priority at the moment is is settling the budget and not Zidane uh, because they know that Zidane's a brilliant coach but that the players on the pitch a lot of them aren't just they're not where they used to be
0: that's it. I, I heard somebody say the other day on the radio that this is the one season where you would have hoped <laughs> that something like that didn't happen. You know, mm. uh, probably it's up there with maybe the season that they signed Ronaldo and and brought in a lot of big money signings because of the they spent a fair bit on signings before the the, the previous season before last season. Plus they've got the remodelling of the the refurbishment of the of the Bernabeu and all that. They've got so many things to to pay for at the moment so yep. th- this was the season where it couldn't have happened and I think they do need somebody like Zidane just to kind of steady the ship we've said it before and we'll say it again I think he's a perfect guy for the job so I yep. think it would be a, a really daft thing to get rid of him but how often have we seen the, the sort of tail of the press wag the, the dog of a football team and uh, I think it, it certainly happens with uh, with with Madrid they're very I think it's the the, the pressure really comes from the media the, the opinion of the fans is formed Largely by the media Yeah And they're an incredibly Critical fan base So It looks at the moment 3rd of, 3rd of December as we, as we record this It looks like he's Safe for the moment But you never know A few more bad results And it, it can all change but, Knowing Real Madrid
1: to probably turn this around And win the Champions League
0: Yeah well, we, 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 we,
1: <laughs>
0: I saw somebody say that on Twitter the other day. It was yeah. like, oh, this is the year they're going to win it. Because it's, and
1: they're still in contention for a league, so. That's it. It's early doors.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk more about the, their upcoming game uh, against Sevilla later. Uh, over to Barcelona now. What a difference a week makes for them. Um, their league form is still being called into question, obviously. Uh, but since that loss against Atleti two weeks ago, they've won all three games, scored 11 goals, and conceded none. So Koeman couldn't really have asked for, for any more.
1: Yeah, they're, they're a very strange team this season, this Barcelona team. Um, Koeman obviously came in with his own ideas. A lot of injuries have happened since coming in and that's kind of disrupted his plan, uh, especially defensively. They've had a, they've had a nightmare. Um, Sergio Roberto, Pique, they're all out for lengthy spells. Um, Sergio Roberto actually tested positive for coronavirus yesterday. Even though he's had minimal contact with the squad over the last couple of weeks because he's been injured, um, Pique is out. Uh, Longley got injured oh. recently, um, and they've had Minguesa come yes, in there yeah. at centre back. Um, so yeah, the death has come in and then he's got injured as well. So it's 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 been a bit. Um, Topsy turvy for for Koeman at the back. Yeah, I like
0: this Mengetha guy though. He's uh, he was he's the vice captain of Barca B, mm. I believe. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't even starting all those games. He was occasionally on the bench and stuff like that, and to get promoted from yeah from there to right to the first team, and he's held it together. I, th- mm. I think he's been he's had some pretty solid performances and um, looks very mature. Yeah, for so young for he sure. said
1: he, he said he keeps his beard because it makes him look older. So <laughs> maybe that's where the maturity's coming from. But uh, they've also had the young play centre back, which isn't ideal. Like obviously, Kuhn wants him sitting in the central defensive midfield role mm. and basically running the show from that deep line position. Uh, he's a big fan of Busquets, which a lot of Barcelona fans don't really like, and um, they prefer to see Pjanic in there alongside the Jong Um, And then obviously an inspired Lionel Messi uh, helped them to win 4-0 against Osasuna, which was a very good result because uh, in the league they've been so poor and they've been sitting down there in in the lower half of the table and then Messi picked up the ball with a few minutes to go the other day and it was kind of like, okay, this is for Maradona. You can just see him getting the ball and he makes that kind of diagonal run and then just whips it into the far top corner and... It was a lovely gesture because he took off his Barcelona top and underneath he had a Newell's Old Boys yeah. jersey with the number 10 on the back and obviously Maradona played for Newell's Old Boys so did Messi yeah. as a kid before moving to Barcelona so and that any, was a really sh- nice gesture And
0: he scored a similar like, carbon copy of a goal that that Maradon himself scored for Newell's. Yeah, we're, it's just there were loads <laughs> of weird coincidences with with the goal. But um, you were saying he, will uh, probably Messi will have to pick up the bill for that.
1: Yeah, I think there's a three thousand euro fine because you're <laughs> not supposed to wear any other jerseys or anything like that. Yeah. Under um, underneath your your club's jersey, there's a slide. And there's some there's some agreement with uh, manufacturers, brand manufacturers, yeah. and that type of thing, so I don't think Messi will mind paying the €3000 but he also attempted a hand of God goal um, for, for Martin Breitwaite's goal that actually put Barcelona 1-0 up Breitwaite got the final touch and the ball was kind of lobbing in um, and just as it was about to go in, Messi decides to jump up and kind of like tries to direct the ball into the net but he misses it because obviously he's not the tallest in the world uh, he misses it, it still goes in and Breitwaite scored um, so they went one 0 up, but I think it would have been it would have been very very funny if you had to actually get a hand of a hand of God go yeah. uh, given the circumstances of the the last few days. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it was uh, it was interesting. I thought to, to see that breathless goal. I thought that maybe should have been chopped off. Mm. Really need the guy in the face. Yeah, that's a uh, I don't know. I, I yeah. think you have a point. Yeah, I don't I don't think too much was made of it because they won four nil, so mm. you know there was a big enough gap. But it was a, a wee bit harsh on us uh, but Barca clearly dominant in that game, um, and the Griezmann looks like a new player as well. Uh, just in the last three games that he's played, he's done done pretty well. Um, this morning, you had a quote from Ronald Griezmann on Get Spanish Football News saying, "We should let Valdano come every week." What's he What's he talking about?
1: Yeah, so there was an interview with Griezmann and Jorge Valdano, which. Um, was out last last monday night on movie star here in spain and valdano has his own show and he he interviewed griezmann and basically like give him the the platform to come and say everything that he wanted to say and because he he's stayed pretty quiet over the last year and obviously hasn't played well at barcelona so he came out and basically said that this is how it is this is why i'm not playing well i've had three different managers I have a good relationship with Lionel Messi despite what everybody thinks. Mm. This is why maybe people think I didn't have a good relationship with him because I turned down the opportunity to move to Barcelona and then didn't go until the following year. So, he yeah, he basically laid everything out and came across pretty well and he does come across pretty well Griezmann like he's quite a happy-go-lucky type of guy. Um you can kind of see that in the celebrations. Don't talk about that. Huh? Don't even talk about that no. situation. Just outrageous But he <laughs> He's yeah, he scored three goals in three games now. So Kuhn was basically saying that let Jorge Valdano come every week, let him talk to Griezmann if that makes him happy, if that makes him confident, and he's firing in all cylinders again. His goal last night against Farring was brilliant, like mm-hmm. a little backheel um, so he does look confident. And I think Kuman's getting his rotation right now because you can't start players every week, and that was one thing that um, Griezmann told Valdano. He said, "We're we're playing more games than ever, and we need this rest." So at a time where once you had players disappointed b- for being left out, now they're actually accepting this, and they're they realise that managers need to make this these necessary changes and and to rotate more because there's just like a there's so many games happening. You've got three games every week now between Europe and and league action so yeah he looks like a happier Griezmann and um, the last time he scored three in a row was in the 2018-19 season with Atlético he, he went on a run of six games in a row scoring so um, yeah if he continues to score Barcelona should return to some sort of normality mm. and that that's the thing
0: but the, the, it's just been consistency this season because it's few weeks ago we, we were talking about How they looked like They were going to kick on And then Then there was a There was a game And the, their league form Is really what's been suspect If you're looking at The Champions League form You'd think Oh this team's flying
1: Five out of five
0: That's it But you, you look at the league form And there's something Just not quite going right there So they're, they're very up and down
1: Yeah they're currently Sitting seventh in the league Yeah And they're three points off Madrid in fourth So I mean They're not a million miles away But when you look at The gap between them And Real Sociedad mm. There's there's 10 points. Sociedad are top on 24 and Barca have 14 with nine games played, two less than Sociedad have played. So it's a bit like Madrid. We're seeing it's early days, but now we're getting into December. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, if, if a team doesn't start picking up form pretty quickly, they're going to be they're gonna ruled out of the league.
0: That's it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we've been saying it's early for ages, but this is getting towards, Well, we're not quite at the business end of the season yet, but it's it's getting there. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that how that turns out. Uh, Atletico, good. I'd say there's a really, real feel good factor just now about Atletico, certainly in terms of the league. Champions League, they'll be disappointed with the other night, which is which is strange because it's against Bayern Munich. They they drew one each, but you were saying uh, before we before we started this recording that they really let this one go.
1: Yeah, I think they should have wrapped this one up because it was uh, definitely a, a weakened Bayern Munich team. And Atletico were pretty good in the first half. And they went 1-0 up, but then Bayern got the late penalty through Thomas Muller. Um, So they definitely missed their chance because Bayern had qualified already. And now basically Atletico need to go through um, by getting a draw or a win against Salzburg next week. So Mm. there's a bit of pressure there. Because that won't be Salzburg won't be a pushover. And yeah, so basically like they should they should have qualified and, and they should be into the last 16. But they've given themselves a little bit of added pressure now, um, when when you know it should have been wrapped up well before Muller was able to come on and get the penalty. Mm. But in the league, it's a different story. They're unbeaten in twenty five games. They're genuine title contenders. I think we can actually say that now because they're just flying in the league, and there's definitely a spark there this season that they didn't have last season. It was more pedestrian last season. There was no real, there was no real fun. Atletico fans were bored going to games. You could tell by by getting the metro here that like you, you you'd go and there was a there was a bit of, there was a sense of this is going to be a nil all or for lucky we might score from a corner yeah and get, we we'll neck go one nil but now there's um there's an excitement there's a buzz about the team because you've got Carrasco playing really well Marcus Llorente is a new player like every time he gets the ball he's just he's so quick and yeah. nippy and he's got an assist in him and he's adding goals as well so he's a he's a different player and then Jao Felix obviously is um he's the star of the show it's, it feels like he's the star of the show overnight like it's kind of we've been waiting for a while for him to kind of produce but now he seems to be producing every week yeah. and some of his touches the other night against Bayern like he's just playing with so much confidence and creating a lot of a lot of play from deep like we have to remember this is this is an Atletico Madrid team playing with no strikers like yeah. they haven't they haven't played with a striker in a month with Suarez out and and Costa out and they've only scored 3 goals in 4 games without Suarez so yeah. Felix is the one that's driving this team forward he's the one picking it up from deep and and bursting forward and that's why you have the likes of Carrasco and Llorente um playing higher alongside him because they need he needs that extra support with, with no strikers there so I think once Suarez comes back they'll have a bit more about them mm. but they're still unbeaten in 25 games in the league which is it's an incredible run really and they look so solid and compact and they're holding on to the ball a lot more before it was it was less possession based but now it's definitely more about keeping the ball and they look they look very good
0: yeah they do that was a big test we were talking about this when uh, when it became clear that Suarez was going to be out for a while, how are they going to do without him? Mm. And um, they managed to dig out results. And I, I would say that it's been digging out results. They've not been hammering teams yeah. uh, without him. And obviously, Costa is a, a long term thing. You know, he he's out as well. So they've, they've been playing without strikers. So big test there. Can they do it without Suarez? And they've they've really they've really managed to do it quite quite impressively. So they'll be they'll be very happy when he he'll he'll be back soon.
1: Should be back for Saturday. Yeah. yeah. For the league this week,
0: so you know that's another. It's all looking uh, pretty good for them. Um, okay, other topics. The Joan Laporta, I think, it's quite a quite a significant one. Joan Laporta's officially Thrown his hat into the ring for the role of Barca president. He must he, be maddened ahead.
1: Yeah, I know. Why does he want? He he, want, he wants <laughs> to come back for more. He's already done seven years. <laughs> um, why do you think he wants to come back at this stage? He just. I don't probably feels that the club's in such a mess and yeah. that he he's been there and done it and he's got the confidence to come in and maybe steady the ship. Yeah, maybe he's got he's got his eye on the role. Um, you'd you'd wonder why really the fact that his last gig there was ten years ago. Mm. Um, but he obviously feels confident and ready, and um, he he kind of announced it pretty late compared to the other candidates. Um, and he, he said that I'm running for elections because I love this club. And we have, basically, we have the experience and the determination necessary for the changes that the club needs mm. going forward. So there's a plan in place there, according to La Porta. Um, and then he spoke briefly on Messi and, and Hernandez, but didn't say a whole pile,
0: really. No, he did. So he's obviously been taking, uh, taking notes from Zidane about how to do a press conference and not actually say anything of, <laughs> of any substance. But yeah, it's true that he did announce it very late, because the elections are sooner than probably what a lot of people think. The elections are in January. January twenty fourth. Yeah. So it's it's no time at all, really. Mm. Um, just under two months. So it's mm. it's a, yeah, very very late announcement. Is it too early, despite the fact it's late? Is it still too early to call a favourite in this? You mentioned Victor Font earlier. Do you think he'll still be confident, despite the despite the fact that Laporte is a big name and had experience? Right. Do you think Victor Font will still be the favourite here?
1: Fon seems to be the favorite, just from a really strong campaign. He seems to be the one getting out, talking to the media, and really promoting his ideas. So, he seems to be the one, yeah, that that people are talking about, and that a lot of the the media here are saying that he'll he'll get it. I don't know. Um, I don't know if they'll give it to Laporta. Uh, the fact that he's done seven years there already, who knows? Who knows who's going to get it? There's there's, there's, there's several candidates in for it. Um, surely they can't do as bad of a job as, as Bartomeu who most people have def- as basically described as the worst president in the history of the club
0: it was Gaspar for ages was like the least popular because of mm-hmm. kind of left the club in a bit of a state and there was a good bit of financial mismanagement and stuff so before this year I would say it was him but you know this uh, that in summer with Messi just took it to a whole new level didn't it yeah. so yeah the, the, the bar's fairly low for, for whoever comes in mm-hmm. Um, let's look ahead to the league Because there's one or two fixtures that they stand out Kind of lower down the table um, We were talking about Betis before, before we started recording Now they're away to Osasuna Betis at the beginning of the season looked good They were one of these teams you're like Okay, they'll be pushing for at least Europa League again Maybe in the wildest dreams try and get something a bit more uh, but it's not been good of late. They managed to lose against Abar. Really flat performance, and you, you said to me earlier that it's all looking a bit Ruby-esque. Mm. It's looking like they're they're going back into form. What's going on at, at Betis?
1: Yeah, they lost 2-0 against Eibar on Monday night. It seems that Eibar play every Monday night. <laughs> um, but Betis are 15th, and I think there was an excitement with Pellegrini coming in. Manuel Pellegrini has a pretty good... Uh, reputation in Spain, having managed Villarreal, Real Madrid and Malaga as well got Villarreal into the Champions League and did pretty well with them but I don't know, every time every time I watch Betis there's I don't know if it's because they're such a big club but I feel like they are they always underperform Um, and over the last few years they just haven't been able to get going like you've got Joaquin and he'll give you some moments of magic and Fechier year as well but there's been no consistency whatsoever over the last few years and it just seems it seems to be going the same way this year um, and defensively I didn't know they were this bad but uh, Pedrito Numeros who's got a really good Twitter account and he comes out with all these stats he, he came out with one the other night after Betis lost 2-0 against Ivar at home and he said that they've conceded the most goals this this league uh, 23 over the last two seasons, they've conceded the most out of any team in Spain, 83. Over the last three seasons, they've conceded the most, 135. Over the last four, 196. And all in all, over the last five seasons out of any team in in La Liga, they've conceded 260 goals. That's
0: really shocking,
1: isn't it, for, yeah. for a team that's managed to, to stay? Yeah, they've managed to play. stay up, but they've conceded a lot of goals. And that's... That's obviously a problem and that's why they've been finishing uh, lower than, than where we would expect them to finish because they're a huge club, you get fifty four thousand fans every week when, when Betty's play in Seville. And generally their style has been an attacking style. That's what they, they like to kind of identify themselves with attack and play, exciting mm-hmm. football. But it's
0: really like West Ham in, in England that West Ham fans like that. Yeah. Even if it doesn't bring them success. So to speak, it's not winning football. Yeah. But they like to see nice stuff, and that's why somebody like Allardyce when he was there was just like the antithesis of what the fans wanted. Mm.
1: I think Betis are a little bit like that as well. They like flair players, they like Yeah. They like nice attacking football. Yeah, but when you're when you're conceding so many goals, you need to be scoring so many goals. Yeah. This is the problem. And they're not. And Borja Iglesias, poor fella. He just can't get going. He's got this like twenty eight million euro price tag hovering around his head. Yeah. And it's just it's so hard for him because he come in and I watched the documentary about it and he's just a really really nice down to earth guy yeah. but he just can't he can't get going at all and now he's he's out of the team as well and uh, Lauren Moron he can't score either so there's just they're struggling struggling for goals they when he scored twelve goals in eleven games and they've conceded twenty three mm. so it's um, it's minus eleven it's it's the worst in the league at the moment so doesn't look good for these they're just two points off the bottom three yeah not at all uh,
0: okay what else, what else what else I would say the the one that you'd recommend people watch is Sevilla versus Real Madrid just again mm. we, we've touched on uh, we've touched on Madrid Sevilla will also be looking to bounce back which is an interesting thing you'd normally normally what happens is there's like a rule of three and when, when if you get two really big upsetting results for a big team like that for Real Madrid or Barcelona they'll normally pull out the hat on the on the third one. I heard Arsene Wenger talking about that. He said I never lost three competitive games in a row in my managerial career. Really? Because something happened on the third game. Yeah. And it's like yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's a psychological thing. It's yeah. like right we've, we've got to win it, you yeah. know, for the for the guy, for the manager. Now you're away to Sevilla who if they were going steady if that makes sense, I'd fancy Madrid just to have that but Sevilla lost really heavily against uh, against Chelsea Just there. Yeah. so they'll be wanting to bounce back as well So Bizarre result It's just I'm really looking forward to Sevilla and Real Madrid I've got no idea what's going to happen in that one
1: Yeah it's a strange one because Sevilla lost 4-0 at home to Chelsea yeah. they, they were already through to the last 16 um, That didn't matter I, I didn't expect the 4-0 win Giroud scoring all four goals as well um, So yeah that was a very very strange result and you can say Sevilla are at home mm. against Real Madrid, but there's no fans, so it's not the same anymore. So I think these these games that are going ahead, you can kind of take away a fantastic atmosphere in the Sanchez Piquan that could act as a 12th man against Real Madrid this weekend, but that's not the case anymore. Mm. Um, so Madrid, therefore, Sevilla are fifth, very similar um, runs in the league so far this year. And yeah, God knows how that one's going to go with with Sevilla. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's de- definitely the standout fixture for me though. But that's the thing; it's not like
0: valdevebas has been a, a fortress for Madrid. Oh, they lost at home to Cadiz there. Mm. They've obviously Shakhtar, Donetsk, Shakhtar as well. So Alaves. yep, exactly. So I don't think
1: I, I, stadiums are no longer acting as fortresses.
0: It's interesting as well. You wonder if that's the the issue with um, Webetas with as well. You know, like mm. it's that's having that extra thing yeah, the,
1: definitely it's 54,000 yeah. fans it yeah. definitely helps a team if you're if you're down the bottom you know you look forward to going to these to these places and playing Lucas Ocampos always talks about the Sanchez Piquan because he's Argentinian and he started his career at River Plate yeah. so he said I've always had red and white in me Yeah. Um, and then I got to Sevilla and I just feel this magical atmosphere so he, he was talking about like how Football isn't really anything without the fans there yeah. At the Sanchez Piquan So yeah You've got Real Madrid coming to town Without the fans It's not, it's not the same obviously And Sevilla have a really good record there yeah. Against Real Madrid With fans So we'll see how they get on this weekend yeah. um, Another place that's normally hard to go to Because of the fans is Cadiz yeah. And they're welcoming Barcelona um, This weekend Which is a, a tricky one Because obviously Barca's form hasn't been good in the league And Cadiz have started so well Since getting promoted from Zagunda they're sixth. So they'll, they'll definitely fancy themselves to get a point there. Um, obviously, Messi, Ter Stegen and Coutinho didn't travel to Hungary for the Champions League game. Koeman decided to rest them. So they've already been preparing for Cadiz. So you'd imagine Messi will be fresh. And yeah, that's that's also an interesting one. That's at 9 o'clock on Saturday night, 9 o'clock Spanish time. A um, couple of other interesting ones in there as well. Uh, Deportivo Alaves. At home to league leaders, Real Sociedad. Ooh. So that could, be, that could be one to watch as well. Sociedad are a point ahead of Atletico, uh, top of the table. But Atletico have two games in hand
0: you were saying Real sort Ad that uh, against BRL was a wee bit disappointing for the Mm. weekend we we, we, we had pointed it out so sorry to anyone who watched it and was expecting an an amazing game it wasn't a terrible game we're not going to
1: recommend you very good games every week
0: but we'll try our best yeah we'll try our best and probably fail half the time (laughs) but no I I think I I don't think it was that terrible I thought it was I thought it had its its moments of excitement there Mm. were goals in it and stuff but it wasn't uh, maybe maybe we'd set the bar too high but it being an absolute classic because yeah. they're, they're both obviously really wanting to win uh, those teams and so I think they'd have to keep winning if they're going to stay above uh, if they're going to stay above uh, Atletico so. but if they keep
1: getting penalties they'll keep scoring goals because Mikel Oriar has scored 14 out of 14 yeah. for Sociedad and that was his 50th uh, Primera goal <laughs> so he's 23 and he's the club captain he's he's a fantastic player Oriar Thabel so he does the, the Jorginho penalties as well. He does. He He's does the, the little dance. Do he skip? Yeah, which makes it all all so difficult for goalkeepers. Yeah. Because they're watching the keeper's movement, and I find it, I still find it fascinating how players are able to keep their eye off the ball. Yeah. And still place it so well. Yeah. Into the corner, but then we had a, we had a different type of penalty for Ibar on Monday night. They played um, Betis away from home, and the. Um, They got a penalty in in the second half And Esteban Burgos just buried it Mm. He he gave Robles no chance But he he hit it down the middle So Robles was gone But it's the type of penalty that You're hitting it so hard Even if the keeper just stands He's going to struggle to save it Yeah um, but most keepers obviously dive before that penalty's struck. Yeah. But Burgos just said, hey, "I'm having none of this," and he broke the net. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, I, I quite like that approach. Mm. Remember, I, I, read, I read a
0: book about uh, Dutch football a while ago called Brilliant Orange. That is up there in the up in the shelf, and um, it was Johnny Rep, uh, the the Dutch player who was talking about penalties because the Dutch are famously quite bad at penalties Yeah. and Rep said see if you don't know what to do just batter it as hard as you can just try and hit the target but hit it as hard as you can and the goalie won't know what to do if you don't know what you're doing the goalie's not going to know uh. what to do so just kick it as hard as you can and I quite like that in an age of kind of hop, skip and jump uh, before penalties and all this <laughs> trickery I just like the good old fashioned batter it as hard as you can
1: just get it done
0: <laughs> get it done uh, before we finish a, a quick word on Gabby uh, mm. who's going to retirement now
1: um, yeah Gabi officially retired at 37 I think he was one of the most underrated midfielders of his generation yeah. uh, never got a cap for Spain but he won the league as Atletico Madrid captain in, in 2014 played at Atletico for 11 seasons also had a spell at Real Zaragoza um, and he, he just spoke on on Spanish radio here over the weekend and they were asking him about like the new Atletico Madrid team compared to his team and he said that the current Atleti team have the best squad in La Liga, mm. um, and that they're playing this kind of more attractive brand of football. Even though they're still being coached by Diego Simeone, Simeone recognizes the talent in the likes of Javi Felix, and he's allowing them to play this football that maybe Atletico teams under Simeone hadn't played before. Um, and they they also asked them about if this Atletico team is better than his, and he said. Not at the moment because they haven't, they haven't won anything yet um, and he said that, Gabby said that the squad that won the Copa del Rey in 2013 at the Bernabeu he said that that was for him that was the best group of players Atletico had because they just knew how to close out matches they were able to wrap games up, to go 1-0 up or 2 nil up and they were able to just shut up shop so he said that this Atletico team are, are brilliant and they have a great squad but they still haven't achieved enough to be as good as the team that he played in.
0: Listen, until they get a couple, of, until they get a couple of titles, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to, to really make comparisons. But uh, mm. it's it's definitely looking good. And yeah, one of the, he was definitely one of the most underrated players just because of who he was playing alongside in terms of like a, a Spanish context. You know, he yeah. was same time as Chabine and Yesta and Busquets. Marcosena. That's that's it. You know, when they were really at the top of their game, so. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was never really gonna gonna break into that team, but just shows you how good they were at the time. Same with Mikel Arteta. Mikel Arteta never got a game. Yeah. Uh, for, S- seven
1: for languages Arteta speaks.
0: Yeah. Did you see that interview with the uh, with Nacho Monreal? Yeah. Yeah. Seven languages. That's it's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it kind of makes makes you think what you're doing with your time. Ah, you're not bad. I'm
1: alright. You've, all... you've got a little bit of Scottish in you.
0: I've got, I've, got, I've got three, and if you want to count Scottish, well, Arteta counts Scottish. Does he? Yeah, I saw an interview with, I think it was Soccer AM or something like that, he says that I speak uh, X amount of languages and I speak Scottish as well. Um, you speak French? Speak French as well. Spanish, uh-huh.
1: English, and a little bit of Scottish.
0: Ah, fluent, fluent Scottish. <laughs> that's that's the, the, the first and the best, <laughs> and the most important. Um, okay well that's us uh, approaching about uh, 40 minutes so I'd say that's just about all, all we've got time for Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us as always we'll be back again next week as usual hasta luego adios